Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What are you I don't want to talk about Tom Brady. Because I'm the worst. Him. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about Tom Brady. I don't want to talk about Tom Brady no more. No more. Don't talk about Nick Foles. Nick Foles. What were Nick you thinking Foles, of that fight? Nick Foles, man. I think Nick Foles. It's the greatest quarterback in the Super Bowl today, and we showed that shit. Hello, and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you... Yes, you! ...in the game, and Super Bowl 52 is in the books. The Philadelphia Eagles have won their first title in the Super Bowl era, the New England Patriots falling to five and three in Super Bowls. We'll be picking up part of the game, hearing from the locker rooms and some reaction to the head coaches this morning. This is The Gridiron Show. That voice you heard at the very start of the show was Nigel Bradham being interviewed by our very own Matthew Sherry in the locker room and uh, yeah, basically screaming at him, I don't want to talk about Tom Brady, I want to talk about Nick Foles and I think we need to be talking about Nick Foles because he's the Super Bowl MVP in what was one of the weirdest Super Bowls we've ever seen. 41-33, the final score, back and forth the whole way and honestly, the fact that of the four Super Bowls now been to, three of them have been stone cold classics is an absolute joy and we're so lucky for that uh, obviously we are with Touchdown Trips getting you in the game yes, and there were a you. bunch of guys who were involved in, uh, over here from Touchdown Trips quite a few Eagles fans who had an absolute whale of a time and Ben made sure they did and made everything nice and easy for them and got them a great hotel and they met Ha Ha Clinton Dix the other night so as uh-huh. always do go through ben uh, got them yes them in the game <laughs> he, he quite literally did that Ollie uh, so Ollie Hunter's here Matt Sherry's here how are you doing, buddy? Wonderful. <laughs> you sound it. To be fair, it's been <laughs> it's been an interesting kind of <sighs> oh, buddy. It's been an interesting kind of fifteen hours or so since that game finished, because we met in our hotel afterwards after we finished on air, and we went back and and you came to the hotel, and when you first came in, you were pretty bright and pretty kind of. You know, uh, I can accept it. I've seen them win it twice. I'm okay with it. And then as you started talking more and more about the game, you could see the the level of frustration because the fact is, is whilst the Eagles were absolutely phenomenal... Insanely good. There, yeah. there were chances for the, for the Patriots yeah, to come I'm away a, as I champions. Mean, they, they lost a game in which the Eagles made some of the most spectacular players on third down that you're ever going to see. Um, and uh, the most unpatriot-like game ever. And, I can't, I can't and think yet, with two minutes 20 left, 95% of that stadium would have said the Patriots will win the game. I, I kind of think as well, we're, we're forgetting, when we're looking back on this game, we're all talking about Tom Brady, 505 yards. We're all talking about the phenomenal second half, the way they got Gronk worked into that second half. We have to remember, from their first four drives, they got into Eagles territory on all four, four of times, them. Twice in to, the red zone and had three points. It was six points. They got the two field goals. They had the... Uh, turnover on downs and they had the missed and that is the most unpatriot situation they get the ball back off the interception and then drive down the field and James White barrels one in and at that moment you're thinking the Patriots are going to start really getting into this but well there's so many things for us to talk about from this game we could break it down almost stage by stage but that point in the game it kind of stood out that the Eagles had just been already so aggressive early on. Unbelievably, and and it was a coming out party for Doug Peterson as a coach. I mean, he he outcoached Bill Belichick, who had maybe the most questionable coach and performance of his head coaching career in this game. And 
it's going to be interesting to see what the what the story is with Malcolm Butler because I'm sure there is a story that isn't just them not giving him a single snap. Um, and I think until we know that, we can't really assess that situation completely. If there isn't another story to it, it is insane. I mean, the Eagles targeting Eric Rowe and Jordan Jordan Richards on third down were six of seven for 137 yards. So I could understand them benching Butler. I really could. When it didn't work, they had to put him in. And I, I mean, I've heard some rumours about stuff. Unless he burnt down an orphanage... He should have gone in that game for me, and we'll find out what the story is. And Malcolm Butler has not acted great this season by all accounts. I think the money situation was was a problem. I think that actually the decision to sign Stefan Gilmore has proven a very good one. I mean, he was outstanding last night. He he completely shut down Alshon Jeffrey from the point that they went one-on-one. Why they didn't go put him one-on-one with them in the first place is another second guess of the Patriots coaching. Why it took till the second half to get Gronk so more, more involved in the game and, and is another second guess. But what was interesting is they, they played Gronk really well in the first half, the Eagles. You saw um, Jalen Mills had a big play on him. You saw... Um, uh, I'm trying to think who else had a big play on him. <laughs> there were three in particular that really stood out. There was, was the Ronald McLeod, Darby yeah. was one of them. McLeod was the other, who all made great defensive plays on him. And not, you know, the t- the typical thing with Gronk is that you do... Every, it's so physical in every contact that you can almost give a flag either way whenever he's involved and it's no surprise that he does draw a few of those but these were really great jumping the routes these were anticipatory things and there was a moment where I really thought the Patriots were coming back into it because uh, there was one of those classic coaching adjustments and, and it was that you had the the uh, Brandon Cooks had gone out of the game at this point after that Malcolm Jenkins hit. And so they started to use Chris Hogan a bit more as the deep threat, as the outside guy. And they'd seen Jalen Mills jump that route to Gronkowski and do a brilliant job of it. And it's almost like they went, right, he's cocksure, he's feeling aggressive. Yeah. They sent Hogan on the outside. Uh, he went for that double move and he completely torched and we said Mills. It, we said all week that they'd do that multiple times and they did because that's how their cornerbacks play. I mean... There are just so there are there are so many there are so many things. I mean, the, the only thing that I would say for, is two real positives from a Patriots perspective. One that was a legacy enhancing night for Tom Brady because he was absolutely incredible. Lost mate, particularly in the second half of that game. That's a very good response. Um, he lost. And two. <laughs> He, he got, the, the he pit, got strip sacked and then lost the game. Hands of stone. He pit, was down five. The and pit, he's got hands of stone. He's got hands of stone. The Patriots had Should a... Should have called that ball. Should have caught it. Had, hands of stone. Oh, Drop the Lombardi. <laughs> I will genuinely punch you. <laughs> they had, they had a, a really off night. One of the most un-Patriot unpo- performances I've ever seen, particularly in uh, a big playoff game. And the Eagles played out of their mind well. I mean... And it, it Nick, was, Nick Foles was unbelievable. It was there, the, there was can can I finish my point? <laughs> Just get to it. Oh, it, it does, it, you are taking your time. And, and yet, and yet, I haven't even interrupted you once. The, they only just beat them, and that tells you everything yeah. you need to know about this Patriots team. Like with all those things going wrong, they still, with two minutes and twenty seconds left, look favourite to win the game. There was uh, there was some throws even in the first half from Foles, and I know he obviously came up big in the second half. The protection was ridiculous. The right hand side of that line is part of those players, and, and you've seen the tweets, and you've seen Phil Jates tweet about how many of those players are signed all the way through twenty twenty. TJ Yates. I said TJ Yates on radio last night. <laughs> um, Phil Yates. Uh, the, the Sorry, how many mistakes did you make I mean, on two radio? Or three. I mean, two or three. <laughs> right at the um, end, he couldn't get the big- Bruce Gradkowski's name right. <laughs> the biggest broadcast so of his professional career, and he yeah. blew it all, almost as badly as Tom Brady blew that final try. <laughs> he thought he go. corrected his, the Bruce Gradkowski. It just said the same thing again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jason Kelsey through to the right-hand side of the line, all going to be there through 2020. And the protection was ridiculous for Foles. I, I, there was a, a brilliant play on a, on a third down where Zach Ertz got open on the got open up very late in the down and Foles kept his eyes downfield and, and in classic Brady fashion moved it up in the pocket just a little bit allowed the pressure to come around him and then made the throw when Ertz became open and it was it showed brilliant 
connection with the receiver. There was the Alshon Jeffrey where Alshon Jeffrey made the double move on Patrick Chung and he was double covered and Foles found him on the sideline and in that tightest of windows. And you're going, are you sure this isn't Carson Wentz? Are we certain this is Nick Foles? Because the last two weeks he's played like uh, the level that Carson Wentz yeah. was playing at when he was brilliant earlier this year. The, the other slight development opinion I've got is, I mean, it's easy to slit the Patriots' defence when they give up 41 points, but when you actually look closely at it, First and second down, particularly in the second half, they largely won. The Eagles were in third and mid, third and long most of that most of that second half. They just kept making plays. And then, barring the exceptions with particularly Jordan Richards on the field, most of the third down conversions were just insane plays by the Eagles that yeah. were fairly well covered. I mean, the Eagles went out and won this game. And I, I think... If, if I wanted to be a bitter Patriots fan, I could say, well, I didn't think that the Corey Clement one was a catch by the rules this year. It was definitely an illegal formation. But as Will pointed out rightly on the TalkSport show, it seems like Jeffrey checked with the referee. So had he said no, then it would have probably gone to be an illegal formation and be a touchdown anyway. So, but I think there is no way... I, had the Patriots won, I don't think that you could say they didn't deserve to win the game yeah, just because 100%. of how great Brady yeah, was. Yeah. But by the same account, there is no way I would ever sit and say that the Eagles didn't deserve to win that game because they did everything that they needed to do to win that game. And it was a great coaching performance, an, an unbelievable quarterback and performance, admittedly, with what you've just said, a very good offensive line performance as well. And the Eagles got the win and, if, and they deserve to win the If you include the fourth down conversions as additional third downs. So if you, if you consider it getting a first down in a situation where they went for it, they were 12 of 16. Yeah. So they were 10 of 16 on first and 2 of yeah. 2 on fourth. That's ridiculous. Actually, I think conversion it, comes, rate. it comes down a lot of it to those for fourth down conversions and lack of from New England. And New England didn't punt once, which was incredible in I itself. I mean, they had, more, is insanity. They had more yards than any team have ever had losing any. Yeah, there were 1,151 yards in total in that game. Like, we've kind of, we're sitting here and analysing it, like, quite sensibly. But it was absolutely... It was, it was the craziest game I've ever seen. And if you look at, you know, the the play-by-play, the scoring plays, the incredible drives. And every every... It was the speed at which they were I mean, scoring. I, 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 I which, tweeted yeah. from the gridiron account when the Patriots held them to a field goal. Uh, holding to a field goal is like getting a pick six in this game. It's <laughs> <laughs> mean, a great tweet. It was, it was absolute madness, wasn't it? The, so there was the fourth downs, which were amazing. And what a gutsy, ballsy call from Peterson to go for that on. Was it fourth and one and, and getting it midfield? The way that his defense was letting the Pats come back at them and the short field it would have been a sure six seven yeah. eight points whatever and then Bill Belichick kind of similar situation not getting that fourth down when he should have punted it away and pinned the, the Eagles deep and put, applied the pressure that but way the Corey part, Clement by the way deserves oh, uh, yeah. I know that the catch wasn't a catch or whatever by the rules but it, it will be by next year right? yeah and it should be. Um, uh, he had a Unbelievable game out of the backfield. Had the one big 55-yard run, but he, he was the only player on the Eagles side who had 100 yards total as an individual. And do you know, like what I, after what I loved was after the 55-yard, they put him back in, and he gained the hardest earned six yards I've ever seen in my life. And then that was when they had the fourth down conversion with the throw to Foles, which was just ridiculous. Um, what was interesting about Corey Clement is that in the two previous games in the playoffs. He was kind of on the periphery. They'd held him back, almost secret weapon-esque, almost Bill Belichick-esque, holding back your game plan, your secret weapon. He was the unlikely hero in the Gridiron um, preview magazine, though. Who was? Corey Clement. Brilliant. That's great. And and (laughs) it was a great performance from him. I had Chris Long as my... I know it's not an unlikely hero, but I had that in my piece I did elsewhere. Why do you keep looking out the window? I, oh, keep, I keep thinking it's the Patriot plane going off. Oh, they've already gone. Oh, already gone uh, yeah, there was a, a... I saw it as we were driving past last night. Yeah, no, such a plane a t- watcher. A tweet from... Uh, you keep every time you're like leaning forward. I think there's been a plane crash I mean, out the window, the well, way well, you're reacting uh, to why it. Why I want to see it take off is, is beyond <laughs> That's me. That's weird. Um, what are you doing? It's <laughs> strange. You never know what you're doing. New friend of the show, Colleen Wolf, tweeted a photo of the plane on its way out because uh, she was also in the airport just saying to me about toughest flight they'll ever take or something like that who was the, who was the player was it um, was it Derby that stopped 
what's his chops hurdling and Brandon Cook's hurdling. Oh, that was no, McLeod. It's Malcolm. Yeah. McLeod. And I thought that was... Oh, well, when he spine busted him. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, like, I so, genuinely tweeted, why was that not followed up with a people's elbow? Because it was a form perfect. Like, he even turned and placed him down. It was a form perfect pre-people's elbow Are spine you talking about the player that knocked him out? Not the player that knocked him out, because no, that was yeah. Jenkins who yeah. lit him up. But that play... We've seen so many players jump over defenders, and they must have either in the split second or they must have he must have known that that's exactly what what Cooks was going to do. And it was a real no way did he need to do it either. It I was mean, he's, he's so fast. There was just go around the outside the And it, it, I thought again, it was a real weird. It was a real point of intent from the Eagles. You will not do this to us, and I. Th- so do you there were so many moments like that. You know the other third down where they tried to hit Gronk, I think on the first drive, that might have been the first or the second, Cook slipped over and was wide open for a first down mm. as well. Like there, there are just so many players like that. I mean, it's like when we look back at last Super Bowl, when you look at all the players that needed to go there. Well, I mean, two yeah. more it, late in the game. The air to catch on fourth down, they've lost the game if he doesn't come up oh, with that. Again, there's it, a Foles one on third long, down. Was that a long fourth down it as well? It was about fourth and four, something yeah. like that. It wasn't like... The, there was it an wasn't out, a gimmick. Out and, and, and he only just got to the first down yard yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. There, was a, there was an Alshon Jeffrey one where Foles rolled out to the right under real pressure. And Jeffrey was on the run with two defensive backs chasing him. And he hit him in stride, exact right position, stayed in bounds, which at that point forced the Patriots to use another yeah. timeout. Yeah. You know, everything about that play, and, and if it hadn't gone perfectly you could have seen that's an extra 40 seconds on the clock yeah. or it's another fourth down. or Everything about it had to be perfect for it to work. And also, most importantly, um, if Jake Elliott does not make that kick, the Patriots will win that game. Yeah. Because the momentum would have been gone. There's deflation. They got the ball back at the, about the 30-yard line. So you've got 70 yards to go with... Yeah. I mean, to say that they've won the game is, is maybe a stretch, but certainly I think I'd have, I'd have probably backed them. I think the Eagles could have done more defensively in the second half. I do think while the Patriots played really well, they... Um, I mean, if, the, if that was Josh McDaniels' last game, that was one of his best ever game plans. Yeah. They, they, they completely exploited that Eagles defence. And, and barring one amazing play from one of the most underrated players in the NFL, who I think was our secret superstar in the preseason, in the preview magazine as well, Brandon Graham. Then the Patriots... The, the, that the, that um, play was incredible. Like, they'd barely touched Brady... All game. Well, that was the first sack of the game. It was the first. It's the first and only sack of the game, which yeah. ties it with the lowest in Super Bowl history. And just the the pressure and where it was, and I, I've seen some t- the TV coverage of it. Obviously, we're watching on um, from from the end zone. Oh, but our I, view, by the way, it was like watching all twenty two yeah, film. It was. It was great, I mean, yeah. people. We tweeted a photo. Greg Rosenthal came up and joined us on Talk Sport for some of the pre-game, um, and we got. I kind of got a photo behind us with the three of us looking out of the field and. He, um, are you going to make a joke about the fact you weren't in the photo? Three, two, one. I've been waiting for it. Um, everyone tweeted going, wow, you're high up. Wow, like Never that's been ridiculous. Never so offended in my life. <laughs> um, but, it, like, actually, even though, you know, they were considered the cheap seats, back row of the top tier, the view was unbelievable. Was, you could see everything in developing. But what I was going to say about the Brady stuff is that the... the, the uh, he was pressured by Long. He was stripped by someone else. Someone else caught, uh, gathered the ball. And Brandon then, Graham stripped him. It was um, there we go. Uh, Barnett, Barnett, the who rookie ga- who, who gathered the recovered ball. the fumble. And there's just a, a a single shot of Brady sat on the turf, just unable to comprehend what's just happened. Well, when when it actually came to the final drive, and they got pressure on him right on the line on the first or second play, um, and he was hit after he threw the ball. It was an incompletion, and he he'd hit the ground at that point, and he sat there for a good five or ten seconds just the, like it looked like he knew he'd been beaten already and actually when they had to run the ball up and spike it near midfield I, I, I was watching that and I was thinking yeah. they are making no effort to sprint yeah. up there like they've cost themselves probably four seconds of time and I, I, it was like they'd kind of accepted their fate even though they did go out and run another three or four plays it, it was almost like they knew and actually the shot at the end zone at the end for a guy who's 40 years old yeah, was, man that ball, tra- ball travelled yeah, and it was so high it was ridiculous it was 50 yards 
you know, if it was uh, along the ground. If, so if they it, score... How, high, how far it went, I don't know. If they score a Hail Mary there, I mean, obviously they've still got to get the two-point conversion. I mean, there was... There was this is, then it's hands down the best Super Bowl we've ever seen. Well, what, I think it's in the conversation. What I do think is interesting on that, that play is everybody says there's no way they would call a penalty on that play. But I agree in the end zone... There is an outrageous play on Hogan in that play. And, and again, I, I don't really want to come across as kind of... Because I don't even think that it made the two-point conversion necessarily. I, th- I thought but overall, I, I think on the way to the end zone, when there's a flagrantly bad... I mean, I, I, watch back the play. It, it's just a complete... Hogan isn't in the end zone because he's basically being speared before he gets there. Okay, I, 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 think that I, pen- I think that penalty should be called. I, I think the thing is, Gene Serator w- was known for, and his crew were known for being quite yeah. flag heavy this season. And actually they let a lot go because we had the, the kind of examples you're giving. There was stuff on the other side as well. The two-point conversion. The Van Noy play. On the Van Noy play was clearly pass interference. Yeah, he got there early. He just, he just shoved him yeah. while the, like long before the ball got there. Um, and I think there were two or three that went each way. But I thought overbalance, other than the the argument over the catch rule, etc. I thought it was relatively called pretty straight. I, I didn't think it was too much in one direction. And the, per- the, the periods have had more than their fair share getting into this point as well, as we've talked about on this show. So, I mean, they wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl if the officials were, were competent. So. Um, the, the, <laughs> I wrote down the drive chart going into the fourth quarter, and obviously the fourth quarter, we know how nuts that was. But it was... 11 scoring drives, a turnover on downs, a missed field goal, a turnover, the end of the half, and one punt. That was what it was going into the fourth quarter. And Brady, they didn't have a lead until the fourth quarter, despite the fact they hadn't punted yet, and that they'd already gone over for 450 yards. The whole thing was ridiculous. What about a couple of kind of unsung heroes? Because we're going to talk about Foles, we're going to talk about... I thought Alshon Jeffrey, if he'd, if he'd had the half... If he'd played in the second half as well as he had in the first, very rare, rare that a wide receiver gets MVP, but he was absolutely brilliant. Zach Ertz had a really good second half. Yep. That kind of shows that. Brandon Brooks, this is one thing I saw from the All-22 angle that we had. There was, there was a series of three plays in a row where he sprung a big run, then got a blitz pickup, and then on the third one got to the second level, and that's on the JHIA 26-yard run, which really, I, I thought kept the momentum in the Eagles' favour at that point when they needed it on another third and long, funnily enough. And during our time uh, on Radio Row, Ryan Harris, who uh, I believe knows... He he played with him somewhere, but I can't... I can't remember where it was. It might have been college or whatever. Um, He highlighted that Brandon Brooks is going to have a monster game. And he, and he did. I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, another little... It's not so much an unsung hero as much as an unsung guy who wasn't there. In terms of injuries that kind of just slipped totally under the radar that that really mattered. The Patriots lost slot cornerback Jonathan Jones mm. two weeks ago. Mm. He's played great all year. He's really fast. He's a good slot corner. I think they'll win the game if he plays. I mean, and it, it just always... Well, he, I think he would have been the guy that would have yeah, he'd, he'd stopped have, Nelson Aguilar, who not, had a really good game. He's the guy who would have played when the bench butler. I mean, guaranteed. So... It's just funny, I think, how injuries that nobody really talks about can ultimately it's, define a season. I'm left with a really weird feeling afterwards because we, we talked at weird because we talked about like the Eagles fans being a disgrace in the minority against the, the Vikings, but actually the Eagles fans we met in Minnesota and in the stadium and outside afterwards generally were all absolutely lovely and, and really I feel like any city that hasn't had a championship and gets their first one, I'm always really pleased for them. And, well, and wasn't it Pat who said that? Because the Super Bowl is such an expensive thing, you 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 get the best version. You get you sort the wheat from the chaff. I don't necessarily agree with that because you go to certain sporting events in Britain where it's the the worst kind of people are the ones that have the money. But in this instance, it, Pat, he's such a sage, wise man oh, who we Pat. love. Uh, I think he could have been right. Um, but I, overall, I was I was pretty. Pretty pleased for them. Um, and I was pleased for guys in the locker room. I mean, I'd hate to have watched that game as a fan. I really, really would have because, you know, well, at least as a journalist, I knew I was going in the winning locker room. You just have to get on with your job and it kind of... Mm. And then you go in there and you see Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long, you know, really good guys who we've spoke to at length in the past. Um, and, and you're happy for them. Um, and... Chris Long was one of the first guys I spoke to, and um, I'm sure we can we can loop that audio in now. Well, yeah, 
well, I can write a little time code thing and we can make sure I put it in later because the tech after about five or six days has started to fall over a little bit. <laughs> so it nearly did last night. Willie hadn't made a very simple error. We might not have made it on air. Didn't I make the error? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't want to throw you under the bus though, buddy. No, that's fine. I made the error. Apparently in the United States, their ISDN or internet connection line is different to Britain. Who knew? Uh, let's see. Well, let's, Honestly, so, who knew? Let's hear from Chris Long. I spoke to you in the locker room last year. Um, how was the thrill this time? Any different? Better. Feels better. Does it feel, does it feel like it's special? I mean, you've been in that locker room with the pair, you two know how relentless they are. To beat them in that kind of game. They're, they're an amazing organization. It took everything to beat them. And not many people have beaten those guys in big games. It took a special group, man. And then the, it seemed like the coaches were matching up against their coaches, which is not what we see. Do you see similarities between what you've got here and what they have there? There's different ways to build a program, different ways to coach. Everybody disrespected Doug Peterson this year. Nobody believed in him, even at the end. You know, I say he was the coach of the year. And, you know, McVay is awesome. He's a hell of a coach. But, uh, you know, how do you do that, man? How do you overcome so much? Nobody even expected us to be good when we had everybody healthy. And that was a great just a great guy to speak to I mean he's, 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 he's a hero he's, actually he's just lovely I mean it, let's be honest he's played for free this year because he give all this money to charity I, I said it on our broadcast last night if there was one person if we were down there that I would immediately have gone to and yeah. Chris Long was great in the Patriots locker room last year and actually you know ridiculously once you go oh we spoke when you were with the Rams over in England he's like yeah yeah definitely let's have a chat kind of thing yeah. um, and what a guy not only the fact he's given all his money away but he was brilliant at the Rams for so many terrible Jeff Fisher seasons and now he's got to go and win two rings at two teams in good situations with great stories. And it feels like it couldn't happen to an nicer bloke. Absolutely. And by the way, he could win more rings with the Eagles, which is exactly what I spoke to safety Malcolm Jenkins about. Well, if you want to <laughs> loop that audio. In. The guys who come here who took less money to be a part of this locker room, the guys who got cut or traded and ended up here. The injuries we had, losing five of your key contributors, your captains, going on the road. Battling, you know, teams. Everybody doubting you the entire way for us to just. Every time somebody said you couldn't do it, we got closer. Every time somebody said we weren't going to succeed, we grinded harder. We had more fun than anybody in the league. And uh, to be the first ones to bring this to the city of Philadelphia is truly special. So I think that's what you're witnessing. Is a lot of people are just seeing all we had the last yeah. thing that this is who we are, and we believe that from the beginning. And I, I feel like you, you kind of felt that being around you all week. You know, kind of had that flag about it, but it's like different textures. <laughs> I mean, for us, like I said, we, we said it earlier today, is that we're going to shock the world, we're not going to shock ourselves. We know what we have in this locker room, we've known it from the, from the start, and uh, it, it's hard to replicate something like this. What do you think of that call to do a trick play on fourth and one, pass your quarterback? We've been holding on to that play for a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed to run it a few weeks ago. Yeah, what up? <laughs> and uh, so as soon as Nick walked over to the line, I said, oh, we're going to run it. Yeah. And the snap and the word of perfection. It's actually the same play that Tom Brady and Patriots ran on us two years ago really? in Foxborough. Yes. And he caught and Brady, And our quarterback catches better than Brady. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but that, I, honestly, that was a huge play because, like I said, Brady catches there, I think it's a different game. I mean, Trey said you guys have run it in practice couple times a week. Yeah, we actually didn't run it this week. Okay. Uh, Maybe last week while you were in Yeah, we did, yeah. Last question, buddy. We're closing the lock. And he said Fultz caught it every time? Oh, yeah. We weren't worried about him catching it. It was just if he was going to be able to sneak out. What did you see when Brady missed his, though? Oh, I was, thank you, Jesus, because (laughs) he's wild. I'm like, not again, because it got us on that same play two years ago. Uh, Obviously, great minds think alike because they had the same play call that we did. Thank you. It was really nice to meet you. you. We'll definitely stay in touch in the offseason with all your... Thank you. So, I guess the game plan wasn't to win the game that way, but to win it that way against that team with Brady thrown for over 500 yards, what does that say about the guys in this locker room? We don't care about anything but winning. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't even... I didn't know he threw for 500 until after the game because I never looked at it, never cared. At the end of the day, we were searching defensively for one stop to get a win. Our offense was moving it. However we get it done, we're going to get it done. That's been our motto all year. Nothing different than that.
You've been around some great coaches. Yeah, I'm not checking How great is this guy? For this to be his second year, what he's been able to do with this team has been phenomenal. I think we last year we didn't get the result that we wanted, but everybody left feeling like we just laid the foundation for something special. Um, and we went from being you know, at the bottom of our division to being at the top of this league. Um, because we laid that work in, he never changed his, his, his values, his, his pillars, and we just continue to build, continue to work, continue to love, trust, and have fun, and it's gotten us to this point. And to the outside, this doesn't feel like it's going to be a one-off. I mean, your starting quarterback's going to be healthy at training camp. You're going to have other guys back. I mean, there's no stopping you. There's no kind of, yeah. No, I mean, we're built. To, to last. I mean, you know, every team's not going to be the same. Next year, this team may look a little different, but, you know, we are the best team in this league for a reason. We lost five major contributors, five leaders, and still we're able to just keep on plugging. Um, so we're excited, obviously, for what we can do next year, but we're going to enjoy this moment for a little while longer. You, you might be the most professional broadcaster who's never been a professional broadcaster I've ever met. Yeah, who do you think you are? It's <laughs> a great point. <laughs> Um, he's, doing, he's pulling a Greg Rosenthal from our coverage yesterday. It was awesome. Malcolm Jenkins, that was. Uh, we heard right at the top of the show a little blast of the other interview you did. Well, you did a bunch for the magazine and stuff as well, but this is kind of for the podcast. Nigel Bradham, I'm just, I just want to play that moment again and then leave the rest of the interview in because this is hilarious. And I thought my response to it deserves to be heard. So you've seen Tom Brady, everybody's seen Tom Brady, there's two minutes left, he's completed a nine yard pass on first down, what are you I don't want to talk about Tom Brady, because I'm the worst him, I'm tired of talking about Tom Brady, I don't want to talk about Tom Brady no more, no more, don't talk about Nick Foles. Nick Foles. What were you thinking at that point? Nick Foles, man. I think Nick Foles is the greatest quarterback in the Super Bowl today, and we showed that shit. Nick Foles caught eight touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Touchdowns. Yeah. I ain't talking about Tom Brady no more. Don't ask me no questions about Tom Brady. None. Right, Nobody. So, so I guess we've got to talk about Nick Foles then. Yeah. <laughs> Just how special the performance was. It was amazing. Amazing to see him go out there and do everything we knew he could do all day. Go out there and shock the world. Oh, we was, was against all odds, man. Oh, all year. Oh, we we overcame everything. Overcame everything. You heard him. That's what it is. I'm listening to everything. Ain't shit to do it. Hey, come on. Ain't shit to it, but to do it. It's nothing. And and just how how good a job has Coach Peterson done in guiding Nick through? He should have been Coach of the Year. And they know that. The league know that. It's all right. He got the trophy. That's even better. I think you'd rather have this one than that one. I'm sure too. Brilliant. That's why we got it. Hey, appreciate it. All right, fair play, mate. That was pretty. That was pretty impressive. Just that was classic English reaction. Just like he's got his. So I guess we better talk about Nick Foles then. <laughs> I was just stood watching him, and he was just. I was like, initially it was funny, and then I was like, right, man, I get the point. Was it like we've kind of talked about this dichotomy before, but. The Patriots, we've been in two of their winning locker rooms, and one year it was the most oddly subdued, like, this is the thing that we do in 49, and then last year they really were losing a little bit. But I think that was led by players like Chris Long, who had come from outside, and Chris Long had bought that kind of double case of champagne and brought it in and was popping the corks everywhere. Was there anything you saw last night that really was that rung true with the, the situation? Yeah, everything. I mean, it was the strangest locker room I've been in by a good distance. Weird. It was just... Because it was such a combination. Um... First of all, it took them about an hour to get off the field. Yeah. Uh, maybe longer. Um, there were players still leaving the field uh, an hour after. Yeah, the which, which, which is something that will go in my piece in terms of just... Uh, I don't think I'd have wanted to leave and the some field of them either. actually came back. Came back onto yeah. the field. Just checking, did you tweet that while you've been sat here? No. Nope. You did, that's really impressive. No. Nope. The Lions have just confirmed Matt Patricia as their new head coach. We'll get into that, Funny I'm sure, as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> it, actually, it actually says in the tweet, 24 hours, less than 24 hours after he was torn to shreds in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Thoughts? Um, so that's why I didn't think it was him that I, wrote the tweet. Well, <laughs> well, done, well done, Liam. But, but so the... Then they get into the locker room and We Are The Champions was playing when we first went in. Great song. Uh, was oh, playing the Rocky theme in the stadium, by the way, was one of the greatest yeah, yeah, moments of, great. uh, of Super Bowl We history. actually saw Patriots fan complaining about the Rocky third down so we were meant to be the home team I mean it's the Super Bowl mate just get over it that's not why they lost um, but 
so then when they come in you've got music playing loudest music I've heard in the locker room it was too loud to be honest um, <laughs> some of the quality of that audio wasn't great because of it but that's yeah. fine but um, like there, there were some guys who were just jubilant over the top celebrating everybody wants to do like Facebook live and stuff now and then there was other guys I mean Patrick Robinson was just crying his eyes out there I were, love there that. Were other guys. he's one of the great stories of this team as well yeah I mean he's I, been I've spoke to him for the mag as well so I, I mean I chatted him while he was crying and it was just unbe- it was surreal and then there were other guys who just were like I mean even an hour later you could you could see the the strains and shock from that I mean the game was mental do you, do you want to know what my favorite post Super Bowl moment was it was nothing involving any of the players. It was nothing involving anything else that was going on. It's when Ollie and I went downstairs to go and see our friend, uh, Angry Paddy, Chris McManus, who was here with Touchdown Trips, just to go and say hello to him afterwards, congratulate him and stuff. And um, we were walking back up to go to the press area, and there was a despondent Patriots fan who was sat just in where the press drinks and stuff are, sat on top of the place you get the water from, those big loading crates, and just literally like... You know, dead stare into the distance, absolutely destroyed. Uh, tears in her eyes. Uh, and uh, and Ollie just went, are you a Patriots fan? And she was like, I didn't even say yes, just kind of nodded. And Ollie, in one of the most tender and lovely moments, went up to her and just gave her a really big hug. It was like, it's going to be all right. And then walked away. Afterwards, I told him that that was Erica Tamposi, the producer of the Around the NFL podcast, the other one, oh, the big really? Patriots fan, the really <laughs> cocky one that's been on all year round. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, really? Oh, there you go. But it was, uh, it was a very funny but also quite touching moment that just showed you what a great guy Ollie is. Well, you know. I mean, I just, uh, I'm personally just, as I say, thankful that I was working the game as a journalist because that kind of... Well, and we spoke Inst- to instinct takes over, and yeah. as a journalist, I love the story. Like I'm talking about the storylines in the locker room, and it's it's an incredible story for the Eagles. And I love how basically the the underdog mentality that surrounded the the, the team, with this is going to be my piece in the magazine, is just kind of the three architects of this, are symbols of that mentality. Howie Roseman, who. I think based on the way he acted in the locker room, might be a bit of a tool bag, but ultimately... Oh, he's always been lovely when we've spoken to him. But ultimately, is a guy who was kind of just kicked in the corner in the organisation when Chip Kelly was there and has now built this amazing roster. Doug Peterson, a career backup quarterback, who was just an Andy Reid disciple who'd never really called plays and was basically on the hot seat after year one, seemingly. And then, obviously, the Nick Foles story tells itself. So I, the storylines... Uh, there's, there's such kind of microcosms of the overall storyline that, as a journalist, that's, that's intriguing. Admittedly, I'd rather that the underdog story fell on its behind in this game, but that never happened. So, I mean, the Eagles look, the Eagles look stacked going yep. forwards, and, and I, f- I don't want to repeat that same Field Jates tweet I've read on the podcast before and read on the TalkSport thing and read on that show as well. I wonder what TJ uh, thinks of the, it. Uh, I do wonder what TJ Yates <laughs> thinks of it. Uh, which one, the quarterback or the, beats, or the beat writer? Because there are two TJ Yates in the Both. NFL, and it was neither of them that I was referring to. Um, but they look stacked going forwards. The big question is going to be what happens with, with Nick Foles. And obviously, Super Bowl MVP did his press conference this morning. Um, there was a couple of interesting moments. They, 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 in terms of Doug Peterson's uh, interview, he initially said that it would be absolutely, if Nick was still with the team, that he would be, uh, it would be a quarterback contest. But then, you know, went on to say that what he told Carson Wentz after the game in the moment was... Look, because uh, obviously for Carson Wentz, it's devastating. Even though he'll be delighted for his teammates, he'll be delighted to win a Super Bowl. And he got them there with his brilliant performances over 14 and a bit weeks. That is, there's still got to be a pang of... Eagles if he only wins one in his career and it's that one, that's going to be... An yeah. Eagles fan should be now happy because I'm not convinced that he won that game with Carson Wentz. Because in reality, moving to Nick Foles forced them to add that greater emphasis on the downfield element of the of the... Of the offense, I don't, I don't think. Carson however, Wentz he did the things, all the things that Carson Wentz can do, like Will said earlier. Yeah, exactly. And some of them, uh, Will's mentioned one, but there was one where he rolled out to the right and led Aguilar to the right, and it was a perfectly thrown ball and uncoverable, absolutely uncoverable. And there were so many uncoverable yeah. uh, throws. When that, I look back it, on it, I mean, I've criticised the Patriots' day, but outside of Richards mainly. 
A lot of those were just great plays yeah. by the receiver. The, the, he, Jeffrey, the Jeffrey touchdown, the first Jeffrey yeah. touchdown, high pointed. There good, was a, there's good a good great good. picture. He's jumped as hard, high as he can. There's no way that he can get that ball. It was that Foles had just one of those games. The interception wasn't even on him. That interception was a, a juggle ball by Jeffrey. Great play. Bob popped up. It was, it was one of those ones where it was one of those you, you, if it was a game-turning play in the end, you're going, oh, Jeffrey, there's yeah. no way you were going to catch that. But he just did what a, a receiver does in that situation and tried desperately to make a play. And you can't predict that you're going to flick the ball oh, straight yeah. into I mean, Ron Harmon's arms, can you? But I bet we'd be dissecting that play more if the rest yeah. of the game hadn't been so mental. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thinking back and, you know, going through it and, by the time people listen to this, it's it, it could be uh, you know Tuesday morning or whatever. Guaranteed so, it's going to be Tuesday so morning it, by the time I bother that. It will be this. Tuesday morning. Uh, but <laughs> got to be honest about these things. <laughs> it, it's just been an incredible game, and so, I will watch um, it back it, in full. I mean, it, I, I won't. So yes, it, you will. It, don't please oh, we'll watch it him. together. Uh, you and me. Uh, With it, Princess Leia, he told Wentz. That he'd hopefully be back with him leading the way. This is what Foles had to say when asked about what he'd do. He was asked about whether he'd be a backup again, essentially. He said, "Um, I haven't thought about my future right now. I'm grateful to be part of the Philadelphia Eagles. I said, when I signed with the Eagles, I'm grateful and content in this moment. I'm staying in the moment. I'm not worried about my future right now. There'll be a time and a place to handle all that. But I take a loss of pride in wearing the Eagles jersey. And I just enjoy being here. Such a great team. (laughs) I'm excited for Carson Wentz. Coming back healthy. I get to work with him every day. Dude's a stud and you know I'm living in the moment I'm not thinking ahead I mean I, I just think what a guy what a guy the Eagles need Does to try Pat <laughs> <laughs> we, if, he's we, not we, a better guy than Pat if, if we could get Nick Foles and Pat together what a combo that would there be there is no one better than Pat the, the Eagles we could do a Napoleon Dynamite Dave Grohl dance off carry the, on the, the Eagles need to try and keep him because there's no quarterbacks returning from torn ACLs isn't just an easy thing. So I could see a quarterback controversy in mid-September next year because I could see Wentz looking rusty when he comes back. But but then that doesn't really work for Foles because he's a quarterback who can function very well in this system that they've implemented this year and what Chip Kelly had for him. So that needs to be repeated if he goes somewhere else. If it's not, he'll be what he was in the other system. So and, and the thing is, he was there. That's the year that he um, had the twenty-seven touchdowns, to two picks, and yeah. the, the big. That was under that Pat Shermer run offense, which has done so well with Case Keenum this year. So they they have a way of those good those offense coordinators, those coaches who have a really good way of drawing out performances How from backup this? quarterbacks. And you got Frank Reich and Doug Peterson, both backup quarterbacks running his offence. There's, there's a lot of reason for why he was put in the situation to succeed this year. Here's one for you. Josh McDaniels may not be going to the Colts. He is, I think. Is he going to go to the Colts? Was, there was reports well, last night that he wasn't going to go. There's at the moment. So if he doesn't go to the Colts and Andrew Luck doesn't fancy having surgery on his shoulder, which, if that's true, is Ignoring advice. What's, you know, Frank Reich just won a Super Bowl take Nick Foles with him to Indianapolis I mean you, you've, there's a lot of ifs and buts in that but it's not completely it's not out of the question out of the not question. out of the question I, I know they've got Jacoby Brissett but Andrew Luck and you said it earlier Sherry he may never play again which is insane because he was one of the most talented quarterbacks that we've seen for such a long time John DeFilippo is the other one to keep an eye out on when it comes to if that job stays available if McDaniels doesn't leave. But let's let, okay, let's let's flip from the Eagles side of things because Foles is the big question mark. I think they trade him. I think I think he's got one year left on his contract. I'd be amazed if you've just been a Super Bowl MVP and you're willing to extend a backup money. I think he gets traded and probably the team that trade for him. I think Paolo said this earlier. End up regretting it within about or was it you? I can't remember at this point. We've talked so much football. But I think the team who trade him end up regretting it within about... Yeah, within about three weeks. Three, yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry to say that because Nick Foles seems like a lovely guy and performed brilliantly, but he needs to be put in the right situation. Um, let's turn it to the Patriots then. And as we've just had confirmed, um, Matt Patricia is the new head coach of the Detroit Lions. I think we all knew that was coming. And it sounds like with Patricia there, Jim Bob Cooter will be sticking around, which is... 
ideal for Matthew Stafford. He's got the best performance out of that offense over the last two years. There's still a lot needs to be done with them. They need a run game so desperately, the Lions. And there's a lot to work on there. So, I mean, that's one for... There's so much for us to get into outside of this game in the offseason. Do they trade up for Saquon? No. No? Too high. Too much. Too costly to get a running back when you can get guys later on. I think it's just too much. Sure. Um, but there is going to be an interesting conversation to be had about... Um, well, Greg Schiano coming in. Greg Schiano coming in, taking over as the defensive coordinator of the Patriots. That looks like it's going to be a done deal. And Exciting. you've been saying for a long time <laughs> that you think Schiano is the next head coach of the New England Patriots. Yeah, I've, I've, and now I've, he's going to be in position it, honestly, to become that. It, it, it creates the path. I've, I've been convinced that that's the way Belichick would want to go. And this, this kind of leads me, especially when, I mean, Brian Flores got deep in the head coach and interviews for the Arizona job. So to not promote him as the guy from within, from linebacker's coach, and potentially go relatively outside of the organisation, I mean, Shiano's done some consultancy stuff for them, is, it, I think it just shows how much Bill Belichick thinks of Greg Shiano. And, and the reality is the Patriots, after the farce that happened with the Tennessee job for Shiano, are one of the few teams who I think would be comfortable enough in their own skin to to hire him. I mean, not that he was at fault in any way for that stuff because it was a disgrace. Two years left on Brady's contract. We already saw Bill Belichick and I think uh, a couple of people were saying this. Uh, certainly, Mike Carlson was saying this. Uh, I think Paolo agreed as well. that In the post-match press conference last night, Belichick was starting to look his age more than we've seen before. I, think, could that's, have been, I think that's an easy thing to say that doesn't mean anything. But I am I mean, he, he, I'm with you on that. He's coming off maybe one of his greatest coaching seasons ever, admittedly, that fell away largely down to him in the final But I also game. think what we saw from him in the two bills, the level of emotion that he did that on. You're aware that when he cried, that was footage from a football life in 2005 or whatever. Right, it was. but I just I think my point is is that this is a series of what situations. I, I think that we're seeing. I think there'll be two more years. They'll go out and try and stack that roster. Yeah, I think I agree with and, that. And end of two years, that'll be the final. I think cut-off. I think they're apparently all sitting down to date. <laughs> Liam just shouting, just chanting quietly. Two more years in the background as he packs his bag up. Hey, uh, buddy, how you doing? Uh, uh, <laughs> Apparently they're all going to be <laughs> such a funny man. Kind of hashing out some of their issues. Today. Why didn't he do the podcast? Are we come on, come on, Liam. The podcast. Come on, mate. Oh, buddy. I think they're going to hash it out this week, and I think Brady and Belichick and Kraft will decide. Listen, we've got another two more years run at this. Let's stack the roster. Uh, the roster is already stacked. It just needs a couple of key areas: pass rush and linebacker, sort, and the right back to be in the best team in the AFC next year. And I think Shiano. I think Matt Patricia is overrated as a defensive coordinator, but I actually think... I feel like he wouldn't have said that 24 hours ago. Not if they'd won either. Maybe, maybe not, but I mean, it's... <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> oh, buddy, that was great. No, but I think he has a chance to be a better head coach than he ever was a coordinator. I think somebody with Shano's attitude coming in and a guy who I think Belichick sometimes needs to be challenged a little bit. Fresh ideas, I think that could be really good for the Patriots. Exciting stuff. I think that's rounded off our week. It's been a brilliant week. Yeah, a tiring one. I don't want to complain. I, th- I don't know. I just, something's felt a bit different this week. I don't know whether it was because I, it, in my heart of hearts, I said to you, I've felt dread all week. I don't know whether I like. You think you're emotionally um, tired rather than physically tired? I mean, I'm, I'll never be. I'll never recover from the emotional scars of that whole. <laughs> what was it like? Period. What was it like? Just very quickly being in the <laughs> sanitized press box versus being out in the auxiliary press tables when it was like that I don't know because I, I, I said to you guys earlier great game to watch as a, as, a, as a non-fan but as a fan it was just hell I mean it was just so ludicrous well Paddy and, and Anthony like, when, when the, when the said pa- the same when the Patriots went ahead I had no reaction because I just thought to myself well who knows what's going to happen <laughs> anything in the could happen but yeah, Paddy. Can I just call out Mike White, uh, listener of the show, BBC reporter, saying that that is the greatest Super Bowl of all time. It isn't. There needs to be some kind of balance between offence and defence for a truly great game. Which is why I still, I hold, I think it was a great game, but yeah, four, 49 is my favourite of the last, of the modern era. Because mm. um, that was two, that was the two, I mean... I, you could argue it was this year, but I'm not quite sure it was. The stops was are the, as exciting as the That was the, the two scores. undisputed best teams 
Like, in, to, and they were so incredibly well matched. And also, it was the one team who you could have seen going on that dynasty type run at the time. The, the comparison that I made on air last night was it was like watching the two best heavyweight boxers in the world fighting each other, refusing to put their guard up at any point. Well, it was like a Rocky. Balboa it was like match. it was like yeah. it was actually like a fight yeah, in a Rocky yeah, movie. Yeah. I mean, that's another line that will definitely make it into my. Head. <laughs> it, it was like <laughs> it was like Rocky versus Apollo Creed. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. The, the secret one in the in the gym at the end, like where the the famous picture of them doing it. No. Not the not the properly no. staged one. No, no, it was the second one from Rocky Two. No, I, I I think it's the secret fight. I don't think it was. Or the Clubber Lang fight. Either way, it's one of those. Could be it the really Clubber is. Lang fight. No one liked Clubber Lang. It's the Clubber Lang fight. The Patriots are Clubber Lang. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely more like Apollo they could Creed, be Dolph. They could be Dolph Lundgren. They're not Dolph. They're definitely not could Dolph. Could be Dolph. Uh, yeah, well, thanks, guys. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. We'll do another podcast later this week. We'll probably, maybe, maybe oh, we'll no, leave no, it. No, 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 no. You've got to leave it a week. We normally take a week I'm off at this point. One <laughs> <laughs> you're going to the draft. You're going to have to do it. I don't do know a... if I am yet. Oh, you're not? It's not well, it's not confirmed. It might oh. be, might not. You might be going to the draft. Do you think we're going to let you get away with not podcasting from out there? You're ludicrous. Um, <laughs> you're ludicrous. You're done. Uh, you're banged. Well, they are done now. I was just waiting to see. <laughs> one last time. Sorry, buddy. Thanks, for And just so you know, it's going in in post, but right now the Rocky music is swelling in <laughs> underneath us and slowly taking over the podcast, and it's going to be played out the wor- with the, the final touchdown call over the top of it. The worst part is, is my, training my all-time favourite song based on the years that I used to love it is I the Tiger. Oh. I'm never listening to it again! <laughs> 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 uh, if that's not if that's his last contribution for seven months it's the best thing he's ever done well done buddy Ollie thank you mate no, uh, well done you and always a, a pleasure sharing a room with you even the nights where you're not in the room with us for a long stretch of time you're welcome uh, buddy <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> thank you for listening all week thank you for getting in touch with us on social on Instagram and on Twitter as well and to all the guys out here who work really hard uh, we'll see hear from you in a week's time you've been listening to The Gridiron Show we'll see from you we'll see from you <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.